Let's bow our heads for prayer. Loving Father in heaven, as we continue to visit the places of the passion and to recall the events surrounding the, the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that by your spirit you would move us in light of your word to examine our own hearts and our own lives and to be honest with you about who we are and where we're at. To be honest and to admit that That we need you. That we need your love and your grace and your mercy poured out upon us by your Son, our Savior. That we can't do it on our own. But we truly need to lean upon you and upon the name of Jesus and to stand upon the solid rock that you have placed in our lives. Be with us this evening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. At that time of what we often refer to as the Last Supper, but I really like to refer to as the First Supper because it's where Jesus first took and broke the bread and declared it his body and took the cup and declared it his blood. At that meal, Peter was listening to Jesus in his discourse as he's teaching his disciples. And the subject comes up that Jesus is going to have to die. And Peter, being Peter, is the one who says, No, Lord, I'm never going to let that happen to you. I will die for you. Well, we know, Peter, that Peter often speaks impulsively without really thinking through exactly what he says. But we know later that evening in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus that they, they were there and it's Peter who pulled out the sword. Once again, his bravado taking over. But Jesus is indeed arrested. And he's carried off into the courtyard of the high priest Caiaphas, who was there with Annas, who also was a high priest. Caiaphas and Annas kind of swapped that office around every time the Romans said, you need a new high priest. And Jesus is there on trial. He's before the Sanhedrin and they are questioning him and they are trying to bring about witnesses and to trap him in some sort of statement. They're looking for the evidence to convict him 
and put him to death. And Peter lurks in the shadows, watching. He's hiding, afraid to reveal who he is. This man with all of the bravado who said that he would defend Jesus even to death. And he's sitting out in the courtyard, listening to all of the proceedings. We read in our text this evening that a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you mean. And the second time, of course, once again, someone says, I know, I know you were with Jesus of Nazareth. And he begins to swear again by an oath, I do not know the man. And finally, he calls curses down upon himself in the third denial. And the rooster crows. And we read that Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Peter, we know a simple man, a fisherman. Maybe not a, unlike a whole lot of us. Think about it. In this season of Lent, as we examine ourselves and we look at where we're at in our own walk with God, how many of us who worship regularly, who gather in pre-COVID days in numbers that astound us, and online now in numbers that astound us, but how many of us have, have fallen down that slippery slope How many of us have had opportunity to bear witness to Christ? And yet, by our words or by our actions, have denied him. Once, twice, Every day, every week, afraid to proclaim who we are because someone might say something. I know who you are. You're one of them Christians. I watch you every Sunday morning drive out of your driveway and go, and you come back a couple hours later. I know you must be one of them Christians. Oh, no, no, I, I just do my grocery shopping on Sunday morning, but I never see you carry any groceries in. You see, the letter of Titus says it this way, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. Do we live our lives in such a way that we deny Jesus? The hard truth is, yeah, we do. And unlike Peter, we don't have a rooster 
Well, maybe some of you do. We don't have that rooster crowing after we've denied him three times. We don't often get those reminders. But we need them. And that reminder for us is the word of God that convicts us of our sin and reminds us that we're, we're not a perfect people. We're close to Jesus. We gather for the Lord's Supper. We celebrate with all faith and with all hope the gift of his body and his blood for us and we know that it was shed on the cross. But even with that gift... We deny. We're so much like Peter. Full of bravado at times, and yet afraid to live so the world can see the hope that we have. The season of Lent is that opportunity to stand in the courtyard with Peter. To listen to what they accuse Jesus of, and to be reminded of what our own sins accuse us of. It's an opportunity to recognize that what Jesus is doing is taking our sins upon himself. As they stand there in that courtyard and they mock him and they spit upon him and they hit upon him and they, they ask him questions and put him in a mock trial for death. Could we stand? Could we stand there as the accused and withstand what he did? Could someone have the evidence of what we've done in our lives to say, see, you really aren't a follower of Jesus. You really don't give God everything or trust him completely. You're afraid of what the world might think. Jesus takes it all. And he takes it to a cross. And in doing so, he doesn't deny us. He embraces us and calls us by name and reminds us that our sins are forgiven. That they are now as far away as the east is from the west. And that he places upon us white robes of righteousness washed clean in his own blood. And declares us holy and righteous in his sight. And then he calls us to once again go out into the world and to tell others to live for him and not for ourselves. The courtyard, it's but another stopping place on the road to Calvary place where he dies for us. But as we stop and as we have time,
ponder in your own lives, how can I, with the strength of the Holy Spirit and trusting in God, bear witness to a world? Bear witness to a world of the name of Jesus and the salvation that comes through him. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds and the true faith of God in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.